pick up where we left off in that last session. We're looking at those men that came to David, the kind of people we need around us, uh, those that look so motley when they come, but that God transforms into a very powerful army, fighting force, a fighting machine. And that's what God is wanting for all of us in every area of our lives, but especially in leadership through the life of the church, the kind of people God wants to bring to us. So we were looking at praise. Uh, Judah, the tribe of Judah, praises. They're the ones that inherit uh, God's blessings first. Uh, and they're the ones that are normally in the front line. This is where I want to pick up uh, now. We, uh, that praises are normally in the front of God's line, if I can call it that. They are normally the, those that go in first. Judah was the first to occupy its allotted territory. It's interesting. Judges chapter 1, if you read the first 20 verses, you see that Judah, the praise tribe, was the first to go in. Now, Judah wasn't the firstborn. Ephraim was. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, Reuben was. But, but it, it's Judah who went in. And it's interesting. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. But anyway, Judah's are the... Are the, what, the uh, the ones that normally inherit uh, God's promises first, what God has for them, they're first in line. They were also the first to go into battle, uh, the fighting tribe. They were steadfast warriors. Uh, you can read that in Judges chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And Judah, it's interesting too, their, their, their territory was what was one of the largest territories. And... Uh, just look at this, this this promise of God in Psalm 118, verse 5. It says, I called on the Lord in my distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Or the King James Version says in a large place. In 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10, it talks of Jabez. And it says, and Jabez was one of Israel's um, heads. Jabez says, I, Jabez called I unto the Lord, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And the word of God says, and God granted his request. And so uh, Judah was also placed right in front of the tabernacle entrance, right at God's presence. Praises have authority. Uh, Jerusalem was the capital of Israel, of Judea, the city of the kings. Hosea chapter 11, verse 2 says, Judah rules with God. Demons flee when believers praise. Discouragement and doubt, uh, they run when we begin to praise. And you know what? The world loses a lot of its attraction when we become praisers. Moving on, praises enthrone the king, make him king in and over their lives. It's praises. Judah was the first of all the tribes to anoint David king. Also, praise brings deliverance. Othniel, the judge who, uh, who delivered Israel from Mesopotamian domination, was, of the, was a Judah member. And you'll read that in Judge, Judges chapter 3, verses 8 through to 11. So praise brings deliverance. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sent out singers, praises to fight. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21. You don't know the victories that praise will bring about. Start to sing and praise God and stop grumbling and you'll see what God can do. But God wants to bring people like this to you too. And that's what he's going to make people. And then praise unifies or unites people. Judah was the first 
was the, the tribe that united the 12 tribes of, of Israel. Praises produce, they're fruitful. Hosea chapter 10 verse 11 says this, Judah shall plough. And we've got to plough before we plant. We've got to break up our fellow ground. And as we praise, I believe God ploughs our hearts. Hard hearts. The hard hearts of, our, of the saved and the unsaved. Even when we're praising in a meeting, God can soften hearts when it's praise from here, not just here, praise from the heart. And the unsaved will be attracted to praises, not grumblers. I wonder if I can just find this little poem I found a little while ago. I'm not too sure where I put it. I might not be able to find I hear what it is here. I want to just read this is a little poem that Ida Guri wrote and it's called Praise the Lord. It says this, Praise Him when the sun is shining and when the winds of trouble blow, when you see no silver lining on the clouds that hang so low. Praise illumines clouds of sorrow, turns the grey skies into gold, giving promise of a morrow bright with blessings manifold. Praise Him when your load is busy, heavy and the day no comfort brings. Then your burden God will carry, bear you as on eagle's wing. God delights to have us praise Him and believe His holy word, and He knows them that trust Him, for they always praise the Lord. Well, moving on. We move from praise. We need to be praises, and God's going to bring us praises. To becoming perceptive people. Now there were three tribes that were perceptive. You can read 1 Chronicles 12, verse 25, verse 20, 32, and verse 35. First ones there were Simeon. Perceptive people. Simeon means hearing. Genesis 29.33 says, one who hears. So God wants to bring to us and make us people who can hear what God is saying now, for now and into the future. The ability to, with people with the ability to hear the voice of God through the voice of a human. Whose ability to hear hasn't been dulled by busyness or preoccupation where they don't have time to wait upon God. Uh, it hasn't been dulled through the wax. Can I call it like, you know, we have wax in our ears, the wax of sin, compromise, disobedience, discouragement, prayerlessness. People who can hear the trumpet sound of the leaders, the trumpet call, rise up, respond to, and commit themselves to, overcome their hurts, their fears, their failures, and give themselves to the vision that God has revealed for our future. Remember Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And then you look at 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 25, talking of these people, Simeon, they were warriors ready for battle, ready to fight for Christ, for his kingdom, for truth, not self-preserving, but available. Then there's a second group that are... Uh, perceptive people, and that is Essica, which means reward or bearing higher. In other words, available. They're prophetic and they're providers. 
they can see the future they perceptive, interpreted world events and kingdom living and kingdom lifestyle. The, they, they, they understood that there's inconvenience needed for growth. They, they perceptive to the needs of leaders and of the sheep. They're perceptive to what the Lordship of Christ really looks like. They're perceptive, they understand the mission of the church and that it's to be like Jesus and to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commands. And then there's another uh, tribe here called the Danites or the Danites. And you find them in Genesis chapter 30, verse 36, that uh, once again reminding you that Dan means judge or justice or he God has vindicated they're able to judge correctly knowing that God will vindicate them and they're ready for battle they don't have to defend themselves they're not always putting out fires they're not always trying to justify themselves make themselves look good they know that even when people misunderstand them when they have to take strong stands on things God will vindicate they leave the vindication to God and don't do it themselves so many of leaders and so many Christians are running around and all they're doing is trying to put out fires or and make themselves look good, vindicate themselves. Let it, let God vindicate you. Moving on quickly, we come to this next group of people, Levi, partners and priests. The Genesis 29, 34, 1 Chronicles 12, 36. I'm hoping you'll look at these things uh, that are joined to God first and foremost through Christ. They're co-laborers together with Christ. They partners with us. And they priests. They join to the, not only to God, but to the leaders through Christ in loving relationships. They join to one another in the body of Christ, serving Him and, and serving one another. They make themselves available to build relationships with, with unsaved people, hoping to win them for Christ. I believe that true priests are not only going to just minister to God, but they're trying to minister, yes, to the priest, to, the, to the, the believers, the priesthood of all believers, but they're also trying to reach and minister to the unsaved. You see, to be joined, we have to have relationships. Ephesians 4.16 and Colossians 2.19 tell us that it's through relationships that keep us together and that through relationships we're even nourished built up edified read those two scriptures again for yourself so let me just say this there's three things main things that i want to emphasize now that joints joints do joints join they connect us to one another relationships joints hold us together even when and through the rough times Joints. If we don't have good relationships, we just break apart. And it breaks our hearts, doesn't it? And I'm sure it breaks God's heart even more when people just can so easily break away. They didn't get their own way. Choices are made that they didn't like and they just break away. All the years that God has put us together, I just think of my own life. The people God brought into my life. The time we spent together praying and fellowshipping and around the Word of God, around God, serving God together. Some of them for 15, 16, 20 odd years, 30 years. And just like that, didn't like a decision and they're gone. 
that's not what we're talking about. God wants to bring us partners and priests that are joined, that nourish one another, because that's the third thing that joins to, they nourish one another. So guard your relationships. Forgive. Apologize quickly. Build bridges. Affirm one another. Do things that make relationships strong. We're only as strong as our relationships. But also, Levite was not only joined, but they were the priests. Their responsibilities included a number of things. And I'd love you just to read 1 Chronicles 16, verse 4, and 1 Corinthians 23, verse 13, and see for yourself that what I'm saying here, this is what comes out of those two parts of the Scriptures, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 4, and 1 Corinthians 23, 13, that... Priests minister before the Lord, before the ark, the presence of God. And then they pray, and they praise and give thanks. They have gratitude. They offer sacrifices, all the spiritual sacrifices that we still called on to, to offer to God. Our bodies as a living sacrifice, etc., sacrifice of praise, even the fruit of our lips, etc., and they pronounce blessings in His name. That's what you want, don't you? People that have pronounced blessing on you, on you, and that's what you should be. I wonder how often you pronounce blessings over God's people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you, etc. How often do you bless God's people? Do it as often as you can. If you're in leadership and you're in the pulpit, bless God's people. That's what um, priests do. And then just this thing of joined. We need to be joined as a team, an eldership team, a deacon team, a music and singers team, and also teams of all kinds of helpers and everything that happens in the life of the church. No matter what part of a team you're in and the people around you are in, help them to see they need to become a team. So how can we be practically joined together, united? Well, let me just do, take the wheel on a car, on a bicycle would be better possibly. You, you get a wheel and then right in the center of that wheel is a hub and then there's all these spokes going from the rim down to the hub, right in the center. And if you see that hub as God, and you see this, all the spokes as us believers, and you see that rim as the church getting out to serve God, going somewhere, taking us somewhere. The closer you, the spoke, get to the rim, to the, to the hub, the closer you become to one another. If you stay right out there, just to come to church, you come to the meetings, but you stay out there, you never really get close. But as you get closer and closer to God, can you see this? You get closer and closer to God, you get closer and closer to one another. It's just inevitable. Get close to God, the hub of it all. Put aside all your unrealistic expectations of what you desire from one another. And from yourself. I want to tell you, no human being 
can be everything you want them to be. That's why God alone can be that. Put aside all these unrealistic expectations. And even unrealistic expectations about yourself. Every one of us wants to count for God. Every one of us would like to be a mighty man or woman of God. We'd like to be able to do all sorts of things and be this perfect person, but become realistic. It's going to take a long, long time for you to get anywhere near that if you ever get there in this life. And then thirdly, we're talking about how to become practically united or joined together. First of all, get closer to God. Put aside your unrealistic expectations, but commit yourself to the full life of the church, local and translocal. What's happening in the church you go to and what is happening in the translocal ministry, in our case, it's New Covenant Ministries International, that the church works with the apostolic prophetic team into the nations. And then fourthly, keep short accounts, being forgiving and being forgiven. And then just a quick last one, and I'll have to have a third session, and then we definitely will be finished. We move to the next group of people that God wants to bring around us and make us, ourselves. Those are the productive ones. Uh, we see that with Joseph, one of the sons of Ephraim. Joseph means he will add. Behold, a son was Reuben, fruitful. And Ephraim means fruitful. So we either producers or we consumers, like a sponge. In order to be a producer, you must become a participator. I'm going to read Ephesians 4 to you, and you could turn in your Bibles to that, please. Uh, in the 16th verse, I, I, I mentioned it earlier on in one, one of, I don't know if it was the session or the session before, but in Ephesians 4 verse 16, it says this. From him, Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every support, supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up. Now, interesting thing there, just as a little aside for a moment. It's not saying that Christ builds us up. He does. It also says that by the gifts of the Spirit we get built up. But it says that the church is to build itself up. How? In love. And this happens as each part does its work. Can you see that? Each part does its work. Behold a son, soul winners. We'll never see people come into Christ if we don't participate in soul winning, getting involved in reaching out to the unsaved in the life of the church and even in our private lives. Praying for them, asking God to help us to be at the right place at the right time. Remember, the Bible says our times are in his hands. Ask God, Father, will you, and I do this, I pray this daily, Father, will you help me to be at the right place at the right time? For my times are in your hands. Ask God to open up doors of opportunity for you to help people. And then hope for those opportunities to share your testimony, to go out on reaches of all sorts, outreaches. And then we must make those converts effective soul winners, like the 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Faithful men who 
who will make faithful men themselves. Well, time's gone, and I'm going to pray for you. Just bow your head. Hold up your hands, maybe, or just open your heart to God and say, Father, I agree with Dudley as he prays now. Father, I'm asking you to make each one of us those people that you want us to be, but also to bring to us people like that to help us to be that, that we together can be that mighty fighting force, the army of God. Help us to receive all those that you bring to us, even if they look like a motley crew when they come, but to see with the eyes of faith what they can become, to do our part in seeing them become that. And I ask it in Jesus' name, with thanksgiving and praise, for you worthy. Amen. God bless.